Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Men Say Podcast. Um, I'm Gareth Barker and I'm presenting it this week as Stephen's away again. He's always away, isn't he? He's, he's on holiday more than, I don't know. He's, pathet- he's pathetic. Um, but, you know, as long as I'm here to hold the fort and keep everything under control, that's fine, probably. Um, some people might differ in that argument, but we're joined by, that was the voice of Martin McFadden, um, editor of A Love Supreme. Hi. Hiya, how are you doing? And we're also joined by Rhaegar, um, who is a writer. Can we say that now? You've written a book? Of course you can. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, he's written a book called Five Go Mad in Budapest. So he's going to tell us a little bit about that as well tonight before we get into the Shrewsbury game. Another defeat to discuss. It seems like we're talking about one every Monday at the moment. And the lads on the Thursday get to talk about something a little bit more positive. Um, so hopefully you bring a bit of a lightness to it by talking about Something good that somebody's done in writing a book about something that was potentially a, on the back of something that certainly brings back memories of better times from before when I was born anyway. Um, so Ray, just tell us a little bit about the book, Five Go Mad in Budapest, what it's about and you know how you came to you know put it together. Obviously, it's a long time since uh, the book is set. Yeah, well, I was there in Budapest in 1973. Uh, it was uh, fantastic. It was totally different uh, to what it is now. Um, the thing that got me about Budapest was it was behind the Iron Curtain, so we weren't uh, allowed to uh, do this, that and the other. But the lads, there were about three of us who actually went around. We stayed overnight. Um, the big thing about it was the game. Obviously, there were, it was actually a double header. There was uh, Ferenc Varos were playing a Polish side called La Guardia. They were on first, and then we were on second. We had uh, obviously it was the cup winning team with a couple of changes because there was a couple of injuries. Richie Pitt was out for quite a while, um, but um, we were, we were all over them. Um, what happened in the first half was that. Uh, we were too frightened to score, so um, we were we were we weren't putting the ball in the back of the net. And then in the second half, uh, Big Dick put the one across, and uh, Billy Hughes nodded one in, uh, and then Danny Stewart scored one of the best goals I've ever seen from a Sunderland player. Sort of weaved his way through the whole of their defence and just chipped chipped the keeper uh, with a 
2-0 victory and we just couldn't believe it you know we thought we were going to get battered you know because we'd never been in Europe before we had no idea what was going on um, and um, so that was that and I thought it's a good idea I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do I'll write a book the next time Sunderland are in Europe <laughs> uh, and um, so we went on and under Peter Reid, I thought, well, got my pencil sharpened, you know, I thought we've, we've a chance of getting in here. And then uh, it was that Christmas pudding that put everybody off. And then the second half of the season, they did nothing. Uh, and then um, I was, you know, I'm, I'm a bit uh, getting a bit older now, you know, I'm nearer 70 than 60. And I thought, well, while I've still got a few marbles left, I'd really like to write down what... Uh, could have happened in, in terms of a book. I wrote something for ALS um, about five years ago, the actual factual thing of what happened when we went to Budapest. And I've still got the uh, various mementos, you know, like uh, the firm that took us was called 4S Sports. And we got a little pennant from them and uh, as well as photographs and, you know, the rest of the regalia. Um, but it was... Uh, yeah, it was fantastic. So I wrote the book um, over about five years. Uh, I was ill in between, so it got sort of put on the back burner for a couple of years. Um, but I just sat down and started writing. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was like James Joyce's stream of consciousness, but with full stops, you know. And... Um, not in the right place, obviously. So I've had, um, so I just cracked on. And then I, I, it came to a point where I thought, well, I'm going to have to go back to Budapest just to check things out. All right, okay. Yeah. All right. Obviously, just yeah, for, yeah. Just yeah. for, yes. just for yeah. <laughs> See how much the beer is going to yeah, Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, was dirt cheap, the beer. Absolutely dirt cheap, both times. So, uh, yeah, my wife actually went away for a few days, so I nipped out, got the plane to Budapest and uh, just walked around all of the places that we'd been before, and it's unbelievable now. It's the best European city I've been to, you know, bar none, you know. So if you want to go away with your friends for a weekend, ideal. Beer's cheap, food's good and cheap. Accommodation is ridiculously cheap. Uh, I think it was 20 quid a night in the hotel, something like that. Uh, and I just went round and took loads of photographs of where I'd been. Um, I could remember exactly where we'd been. There's a, actually, there's a hotel which is now called the Hotel Budapest, which used to be called the Hotel Europa when we were there. And it's round. I mean, it's very modern looking. And it was, it was there in 1973. And the reason I remember it is because I saw the best fight I've ever seen in my life. It was, um, there was a um, nightclub on the top and it was, um, there was, there was this young woman sat in the middle and there was two blokes who obviously fancied their chances. And um, anyway, all hell let loose. Uh, I mean, to be honest, they weren't really punching that much. But um, one bloke really laid into the other one and put him through the plate grass window, 15 floors up. <laughs> uh, and there was a, uh, I mean, there was a, 
a well type thing outside so he didn't go down 15 floors but uh, at, the, at this opportune moment the local police came in and said you're coming with us son you know and did they catch him didn't they well <laughs> they probably said it was down. a concentration camp <laughs> the, two, the two fellas uh, <coughs> yeah the two the two fellas were never seen again let's put it like that but um, no just fantastic um, obviously it's supposed to be the blue Danube but it was in fact it's grey it's full of muck and pollution um, I went um, yeah it took as I said, I took a few photos on the bridge. I went up to the Nepstadion, uh, this was five years ago, when where Sunderland played the game. It was like the uh, People's Stadium. It's the sort of national stadium. And they were just busy knocking it down, so I thought it was quite an opportune <laughs> moment, really, uh, to get in there and get some photos. And then I went up to Vazas to see their ground and had a chat with them. And they were great, you know, they were trying to find stuff from 73, but, you know, I suppose when you've got beaten the first round, you don't keep a lot of stuff, do you? So, uh, well, you might not if you'd know we'd never be in you ever again, <laughs> like, but, you know, I bet, bet you were pro into Total Cup, like, in 1999 and 2000, I was, like, but uh, I don't think Peter Reid was, was he, when we finished seventh, like, I don't think he fancied the, don't think he fancied the Intertoto, but, no. I mean, you've had a, you know, You've had experience that, you know, many people of my age, you know, you've seen us win the FA Cup and then you've gone to watch us play, you know, in European football and I guess you've, you know, in it, by putting it, you know, into words, I guess you can express some of that. I mean, it's, obviously it says it's a, you know, events are fictional. Is it kind of the vein of like the David Peace sort of... Yeah, it's it's fictional, but one of the characters is me. Right, okay. So, uh, but you exist. I exist, not, yes. Yeah. Well, but it's not mine. I was starting to wonder, like, this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get here for like That's 20 right. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Well, you shouldn't live in a posh close where no one can get to. I've never heard fence houses described as posh before, like, so I'm starting to doubt your, your review of Budapest now. Yeah, uh, Grant Ledbetter didn't think it was posh yeah, no, when no. <laughs> he grew up here. <laughs> But so the book's out now. Is it available to buy through? I love Supreme. It is, yeah, and, and also Waterstones, like online at ALS and etc. But ten yeah, pounds, perfect for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we right. we've kind of brought a book out for Christmas for I don't know the last fifteen years or so, and kind of we were we were like looking for ideas this year where you know, like a few books have brought out recently being like political and then the situation, the club changes and then obviously did the Magnum Dictionary. But I think this is, this is kind of different to some of the other books that we've done because it's, um, I mean, my, my ambition, if, if you're allowed to have an ambition as a Sunderland supporter, is to see us win something, like actually something proper, not like the third division or the second division and, and, and see us play in Europe. Um, so and I've achieved neither of them, but but Ray has. So I'm probably going to kick his head in. A <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm very jealous of this man. But I really like the book, and uh, you know, my, my parents were at the match together, and obviously everyone's got their own personal stories of 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 that day. And unfortunately, it's it's still the kind of like last marker that we've put down in 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 proper football history. You know, it'd be it'd be nice if there was. If there was something else to hark back to, that's that's more recent, but still, 1973 is the last time we won something meaningful, and it's it still obviously means a lot, a lot to mm. a lot of people, you know. And, and uh, I think it's like an interesting slant on the book to kind of have the sort of 
fiction based on fact or mm-hmm. you know I'm just thinking about not beating Millwall in that semi-final now I know, which well, is that's, really that's, irritating we were, we were close to kind of yeah. achieving those two ambitions somebody life. said to you like you, you've just got to beat Millwall and you get into the uh, yeah. you get into Europe mm-hmm. I remember at the time around that year I wasn't mm-hmm. even bothered about I bet well obviously you were thinking great you know, and get this book out. You know, you've only had to wait fifteen <laughs> years. But like, yeah, you, at the time I was thinking, I wasn't even that. I wasn't as bothered about the cup final, getting to the cup final, because mm. I think we're, we're obviously Man United got the final. I can't remember who they beat in the semi. Wasn't no, it wasn't Newcastle. Was I think it? it was Chelsea. Was it Chelsea? Yeah, I think there was like two two big clubs in Sunderland and Millwall in the last four. So yeah. it was kind of like when they drew each other. I was like, yes, but it was kind of who do we blame? Jason Magatero or Cahill for us not getting George there. George McCartney, that miss at the end, oh, hit true. the bar. I think uh, Arga had had a sort of a bit of a decent chance in the first half. But anyway, that was I was thinking at the time. Not I was like, I'm not that bothered about the cup final in a way. Mm. I was like more bothered thinking if we beat Millwall, we're going to get into Europe. Mm. And that was like at the time, you know, with you know with the stadium had been increased in capacity probably two years before that. Yeah. Um, so it was a, a great opportunity but anyway we should end, we'll should end that bit of the discussion there because it's getting far too depressing and we're bringing the mood down on what I'm sure is an excellent read from Ray so ALS website Watson's £10 get it for yourself get it for your, your family for Christmas fill your boots and there's a competition um, enjoy it. there's a competition copy here alright oh, well if you wanna, um... I'll, tell you, I'll tell you where that's going to go at the end of the show Okay. Yeah. but when we come back after this uh brief break if you get one in your ears on Acast um, we'll be talking about <laughs> from Budapest to Shrewsbury in another um, League One defeat Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So yes, yeah, Shrewsbury at the weekend. Um, I think after Tranmere on the Tuesday, we're all thinking, right, this is it now. Like we're going to get on this run. We've got, you know, after Tranmere, two decent games to get a couple of wins on the board, get a bit of momentum going. And then we we lost the game one nil, failing to score again um, away from home. Um, another away defeat. I think that's four this season of the mm. six away games we've played. Um, I know you were there, Martin. I mean mixed sort of reaction really on you know I watched the game and I was frustrated I think that's the word frustration because it was it wasn't as if we were talking beforehand and it wasn't as if it was like a poor performance 
even though I did write that into an intro <laughs> on our website, and then well, it feels like after the, it feels like a poor like, yeah. performance after the game. When, well, that's it. When I, you've I, lost you, to Shrewsbury, when you when you lose a game in League One, you obviously haven't performed at the the best of your capabilities. If that's kind of like hitting the the woodwork instead of instead of getting it in the net, uh, and obviously they defended well and had something to hang on. Actually, I've just noticed that there's an umbrella in the corner of this room. It doesn't make very good like sort of. Radio, as they say, but it is in Shrewsbury. It colours. is in Shrewsbury colours. Have you got it? anything to say about no, that? No, just that was given. It was borrowed. <laughs> borrowed. It from was borrowed for a, trip, for a trip to Manchester a few oh. weeks ago. Which we obviously you got to take an umbrella if you go to Manchester. This is true. But anyway, carry on. Yeah, I mean, when I watched the highlights back and now or after, I was like, yeah, how didn't we? How didn't we score? But at the time when I was watching it, I was thinking we're never going to score. But Obviously, we created quite a lot of chances, and and they got the goal, which gives them something to hang on to, which seems to be the thing. I mean, <clears throat> obviously, last year we were complaining about drawing too many games, and then now we're complaining about losing too many games. But I think you know it was it was a long time before. I mean, did we even lose four games last year? We lost five. Whole, we lost the, two of them in the last week. Yeah. So like over the whole season, you know, for most of the season, we'd lost one or two games, and then and we'd only failed to score in one game, and that was against Barnsley, who had the best defence in the league. Exactly. And there was a lot of draws, and and there's been a change of manager as as well. And I guess if you're going to win more, you could lose a few. But I think losing four games at this point in the season isn't isn't great. Um, it's not like we're we're sort of drifted away, but we're you know we're a long way from that hundred points target that was that, that was that we've been set. You know, and I, like how we're about a third of the way well, through the season now. Forget forget the hundred, forget that. Put that in the bin. You, okay, you know, hundred points. But um, <laughs> I don't think I was ever really realistic. To be honest, even if the season was fifty games long, I think we'd have been struggling. Mm. Um, but I mean, as I was saying, Ray, you know the. Where we approached the game, you know, you look at the waiting game, the waiting game, and it was very, it was turgid and it was pretty, you know, uninspiring, one-dimensional, trammy game. Mm. You know, they played a very different way. And then at the weekend, I did feel as though that we tried to play the same way. I don't know how you saw it because obviously there was mixed people saying, "Oh, we're dreadful in the game and all this kind of thing." But I felt as though we tried to continue to do the right things in the game to try and win the game. I don't know if you saw it the same way. Yes, I did. Yeah, and I think that's one of the changes that's taken place now that we've got a new manager, isn't it? I think he's more positive than uh, you know. I had a lot, a lot of time uh, for uh, the, for the previous manager. I liked him as a bloke. I thought he was dead straight. You know, he's a sort of bloke you'd have a bite with. Um, but I think Phil Parkinson's got the idea that he wants to actually move things forward and make things happen. And I. Th- in the long run, I think that will be the right thing to do. Um, all he needs to do is find four defenders, you know, and uh, we've well, cracked it. I mean, we conceded one from a set piece against Wickham. We only conceded one at the weekend. Mm. Shrewsbury haven't got the best um, sort of attacking record, but defensively they're pretty good. So I was a bit, even though we'd scored five at, on the Tuesday, I was a bit worried um, once they scored because I thought, well, these haven't conceded a lot this season. Um, so it's going to be tough to I felt as though if we'd scored twice in the game before the game we'd probably yeah. win the game mm. um, even if Donald Love was playing for them yeah but I mean the, to be fair to them like the defensive shape in the way they sort of in open play was, was pretty good and when we were trying to play through on the edge of the box it, they seemed to have all the spaces covered whereas against Tranmere 
you know, the the wingers were coming into those gaps between the lines, mm. picking the ball up, turning. Mm. You know, if you look at the goals we scored on Tuesday, the people, time and space around the box that was there then just wasn't there. So obviously we had to work harder for our goals. But I mean, we hit the post twice, mm. we hit the crossbar. Yeah, I mean, yeah, chances just go wide. Yeah, I think I think that's that is the thing that's if teams have something to hang on to against us, they'll they'll defend for the lives, yeah. you know. And if people do raise the game against some of them, that's like our problem as well, you know. Um, but I do feel, I mean, some of the, some of the debates that were going on, on on Saturday just amongst the people I was sitting with and travelled <clears> with was: Is this team? I'd be interested to see what you guys think. Is this team stronger than the team we had last year? First of all, and <clears throat> and secondly, you know the sort of the vibe that was that was there this time last year was a lot more positive than it is now. It shouldn't necessarily translate itself onto the pitch, but but generally everyone everyone seems a little bit down about the whole thing. And the Tramier result was was the perfect, you know, like kickstart. But like as we found out with Sunderland over the years, when the when they sort of just need to follow it up with another. Within a, another performance, we don't. I'm sure supporters of all teams probably say exactly the same. Well, I guess it'd the, be like three results in the game, can't they? You know. But the issue for Sunderland is that it's all very well doing that in the Premier League. Mm. We have a good, really good result, and then mm. you hope that you get a positive result in the next game, and you, and you lose mm. to a team in the Premier League. You know, going to Bury and sorry, going to uh, Shrewsbury and going to like Wickham and going to Lincoln. After you've had a decent result previous, in the case of the uh, Lincoln game and the you know the Tranmere game, for example, and then you lose, it's a lot harder to take mm. because you're not used to it. And I think I don't know if you guys think that and that the, the anxiety that's come, I think on the back of Saturday, and maybe it's difficult to analyse it clearly. I think it's, it's two parts to it: is the actual game itself and what happened in that game. And obviously a negative result at the end of it. And then what's gone before has put so much pressure on results. And it's funny because people seem quite... And even if we won games, people weren't happy before with the way we played True. and things like that. And then we mm. play... I would argue, I know some people have probably seen, no, we weren't, we're rubbish. But I would argue we tried to do the right things. We tried to mm. emulate the way we played against Tranmere. We didn't achieve it as well. Mm. And we, we, you know, we, we weren't as clinical. But we tried to do it. It wasn't a regression. Mm. Um, and then we didn't win the game but I would argue we probably paid better in that Shrewsbury game than we had in loads of the positive results we got in the last sort of 12 months mm. yeah I mean yeah I think that's a good point I mean what do you, what do you think about the um, McGeady as well that seems to be another mm. another issue that people are saying that even though he's almost skillful and, and gifted player that because he's because he's, he slows things down and takes a touch and cuts inside and then you know doesn't kind of go for broke. It'd be interesting to see how he's going to fit into this this system. Like, also, would he have come straight back into the team? If, 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 if you know, like, is he is he more effective on the bench? But if you've got a player with that much ability, is it stupid not to play him? But he definitely does stop with the ball as opposed to like bomb on with the ball. And and we're all about sort of trying to stretch teams at the minute and get the ball forward and if people are cynical about that they only need to watch the the replay of the of the, of the Tramier game I mean I've, I've always felt that with League One defenders the League One defenders for a reason and if you kind of get in behind them or run at them they're going to hate this and we weren't doing enough under that, of that under, under Jack Ross and if that's going to happen now 
I don't know whether does McGeady need to change his style of play or be used in a different way. I don't know whether he can. Mm. Do you think he, he's always played the same way, hasn't he? I mean, he, he's not got blistering pace, has he? No. So he has to make up with that with how uh, clever he is. And he is clever, but yes. somehow Phil Parkinson's going to have to use him in a positive way because my perception of Parkinson is that he has a very clear way that he plays, that he wants to play, and he sets a, he sets a team out exactly the same way, each whichever club he's been at. And um, McGeady wouldn't fit in to that system that he's got. Mm. Now, apparently, you know, when he was at Bradford, he, uh, he, he had two wingers, but one of them was like a, an auxiliary fullback because he plays in quite a defensive way. Um, whereas the other one had pace to get down the line and get the ball across. So I, I can't see... It's difficult, isn't it? it can't, McGeady's the one who can give give you something special. Mm. Uh, but at other times, he could be the one who uh, doesn't track back or, you know, and then there's a problem. Mm. I think, he's, you know... He's not been in the best of form this season, I don't think. You know, his his delivery hasn't been great when he's mm. gone into good areas. The amount of times he's, you know, scooped the, you know, wide and behind and over the bar when he's tried to put crosses in, things like that. But he's still, you know, he's still influenced games, even though he's, he missed the start of the season mm. with an injury. And then he's been, I mean, it's weird how he's ended up picking five yellow cards as I say. He, started I the se- he didn't even start the season for us. Mm. And in 14 games, he's got himself a... There's no excuse a, really for somebody who never, who never puts many times. And how in. many? And how many? How many of them have been for descent? descent? Well, I mean, at least exactly three. that's what it used to be like with Seb Larson, wasn't it? You know, quite often, you know, I think seventy percent of his boogans were for descent, even though he, he did put the more tackles in than McGeady, but they were normally it was normally his lack of pace that <laughs> meant that yeah. he ended up in a foul. But yeah, like it, it was frustrating that he missed that that he missed that game with five boogans, where you you could see it if it was. Lynch is somebody who's like going through the ball yeah. all the time, and you think, well, eventually you are going to pick up yellows, but there isn't an excuse. But, but yeah, seen, people seem to be getting on his back and saying he's been rubbish this season, and you know, just people around me at the match who were frustrated. And it, but it was it's interesting what people to you know what people are saying that it could be, it could it could find it difficult to fit into the system. I I guess we'll only I guess we'll only find I mean, out. You know, I don't think he, he will. I think maybe he's just in a. In a bit of a average form. sticky sticky patch, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why he's like you were saying about you know the League One defenders for a reason. Well, mm. you know, mm. these guys are League One forwards for a reason, and that's mm. why I'd say you know they tried to achieve what they did against Tranmere in the way they played, but they didn't execute it properly because the final ball wasn't quite good enough mm. um, because for a variety of reasons. Um, but I think you know the. Generally, I think the way they want, like that's what I would have been more worried about that game at the weekend. I know it sounds daft, in because of you know we lost four games and it was against Shrewsbury and we need to start winning. But I would have been more worried if it had been aggression, regression to that a performance at Wickham, and then it makes that Tramier game look like an anomaly. Mm-hmm. Whereas really we're trying to play the same way, so you know, the outcome might have been an anomaly scoring five goals, but mm. if you approach the game, and I agree with Phil Parkinson after the game, and he said if we play like that most weeks, we'll, we'll win lots of games, and I, I think we will. 
No, I, I, I agree. It's obviously just disappointing, isn't it? Because we're playing catch-up already. And then if you look at, you know, someone was saying, oh, well, we, we should have two games in hand, but there's a lot of teams that have actually got games in hand to us because of the Bolton and, mm. and, and Bury situation and, mm. and also in the Nationals. So if you, if you look at the league, we haven't got games in hand to like a load of people actually as it happens, you know, even though we cancelled those games. And we're a third into the season, really. Is it like 40? Well, actually, think, come to think of it, actually, if um, we might have a problem, Bristol Ro- uh, Bristol Rovers, mightn't we? Because Lee Bridge is, I don't know how, how long he's out for. So he would be the mm. natural replacement for, well, he's been playing yeah. instead of McLaughlin. So if McLaughlin mm. gets called up by Scotland, mm. yeah, we ain't got a keeper. Mm. Is that the next international? Uh, that's the next international break, and that's only, t- what? couple of weeks away mm. two and a half weeks so they might have a decision ideal. they might have a decision to make there because they might not want to rush him back it depends it was, it was a strain hip flexor or something like that I think he said I don't know I, I don't, don't know, know how long they take there yeah I mean he didn't he didn't he didn't look injured I didn't notice him yeah. injured and I was stood behind that goal but um, a couple of lads that was next to me said that he pulled up when he was taking a, a goal kick um, but the, I think the, that, that influenced the <clears> game as well because you couldn't really you couldn't really change things around as much as no. I know we're sort of clutching at straws, arguably, but you couldn't really make all the substitutions you'd want to because you'd already like use one of it half time for the you know for the keeper. You, you couldn't really swap over the midfield, mm. which is I don't think I honestly don't think that what what I don't think what they could do from the bench. Mm. There wasn't a lot. Wouldn't have would have done would have changed. You know the pattern of play towards the end <clears> of the game. It was I all just thought if you had so. a, if you had a passer on in midfield. When we were had like a lot of possession, we might have got something more out of the game, you know, because obviously Power and Dobson are more, you know, athletic and and like on it. Whereas there was people on there was people on the bench who could pass the ball better than them. But I think the style of play that I mean that's another thing. I don't know what you guys think, but I think the style of play that we're playing it makes me wonder where Ledbetter is going to fit into the plans as well, you know, because he he played him at Wickham, obviously as club captain. Mm-hmm. And then he was—he put him in front of the to protect the defense, and he was—he ju- was jumping, he was jumping for like the high balls. But obviously, if Power had been there, he would have won a lot more than than Grant Ledbetter because it's—it's—it's it's not really one of his strengths, is it? Like because of his height, you know. Mm. Um, I think it's been a little bit dis- like I feel a bit sorry for Grant Ledbetter really in a way. It hasn't really, you know, if we'd gone up last season. Mm. You know, he, he could have gone great. Like I've achieved what I wanted to, really. Yeah. No matter what happens after that. Now, personally, feel as though you know it's just the game's just too like even at this level, it's just too quick for him. He Passing just gets past. He just passes him by yeah. when he's in there, and it's, it's a bit of a shame. Mm. But, but I, I mean, feel like he did better actually in the championship. And the same with McGee. You know, it's like, maybe I don't know. Maybe I mean McGee doesn't release a ball quick enough. I don't think. But I thought I thought power actually. Had a pretty good game at the weekend. I thought he wanted wanted the ball all the time. He was trying to drive forward with the ball. He was asking for people to show for it, and you know I thought he did all right. Um, but obviously tomorrow night or Tuesday night it depends when you listen to this. Oxford um, in the League Cup last sixteen, another chance. Few few games from you, Ray. You know. It could be per- perfectly tied in. There might be a se- yeah. there might be a sequel to be written. I was going to say it'll be another book. Yeah, the yeah, sequel to be written in that yeah, one, yeah. which you take. Um, but yeah, I mean, 
he's got a bit of does does he keep going with the with the vast majority he's got or does he because we've played you know we're I think we're playing a lot more high intensity game now we're mm-hmm. doing a lot more running mm-hmm. whereas before it was about moving the ball controlling it you know what kind of changes do you think he'll make Ray um I think he'll just stick. He'll stick with the same system. It's a question of which bodies he puts it in, isn't it? I mean, he's got a. As I said before, he's got this system that he's very. Uh, as when I've spoken to the lads from Bradford, they said they didn't. You know, they could more or less pick the team every week because it was the same system, <clears throat> and he got them playing really well. Um, I don't know whether he'll. Uh, it. McGeady's available. Will he play? Uh, probably. Um, well, Gooch is out, and yeah, what, he can't probably play Watmore again, can he? I think mm. he'll play Watmore. Do you think? Yeah, I think he'll want to win, won't he? What Watmore? I thought when he he's the best he's been for about two and a half oh, years, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I guess we're we're playing to his strengths as I well. Just worry it's, it's, it's a lot of football for him. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think he was sore after the um, after the Tranmere game. So he probably wasn't going to that be. That pitch at the weekend looked like a pudding as well. Aye, it, it was wet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of floods on the way down. I think yeah. it'd be like raining a lot. But yeah, yeah it'd be interesting to see what because because I mean, arguably, if he'd drawn his first three games, we would have got the same amount of points, mm. and he would have been unbeaten, and there wouldn't have been that much pressure going into this this game. We've got, you know, like we've got a lot of cup games coming up, haven't we? In three mm. different cup competitions, which are all kind of like a bit of a interruption to our league programme mm. and I think if we'd <clears throat> if, if he'd been unbeaten in his tenure he, he might have been I think he might have played like a a lot of a lot of lads who haven't been getting a run out but then at the mm. same time Jack Ross did that in the previous rounds and would be Premier League teams yeah. so it, it, it mm. kind of shows that I think within the squad there's a lot of much of a muchness you know it's just kind mm. of whether you think power should be playing instead of this player or whether you think oh, 09 should be right back or we should actually play a right back or right back you know or like there's a lot of opinions I don't think there's like that many standout yeah. players I think there's a lot of which which I think was proven in the in the Burnley game in the in the Sheffield United game where well, the people <clears> who came in performed just as well if if not better I you guess know? you could put in you know you could put McLaughlin Ozturk um, Flanagan yeah. and uh, Debock and then you mm. could have Ledbitter and McGeoch mm-hmm. um Probably McGeady, McNulty. So mm. you know that's a fully changed side, really. Um, well, we've got about twenty-five mediocre players, haven't we? <laughs> well, yeah, you know. League One level. We've got twenty-five League One players. Yeah. Whether the, I mean, there's not that many who are a lot better than any of the others. That's what I'm trying mm. to say. So you can no, this is turn this. it over. And the, what, the the ones that you that have got like, suppose it a bit more quality. They're obviously a little bit older, so they haven't got like the legs, you know, the mm. likes of of Ledbetter and mm. and, and McGeady. Mm. But uh, yeah, I think he's obviously got to work out what he thinks is his, his strongest eleven. But but then against Oxford, he's he's obviously not going to play that. He wouldn't have thought he's he wants to keep people fresh for the for the weekend as well. And there's a lot of games coming up, isn't there? There's a lot of midweek games coming up. Uh, you know, yeah, I looked, and I think yes. there's only one week in the next about five where we haven't got a midweek game mm. but as I say I've just came Most to mind that Cups aren't there yeah, apart from the Burton one I think that Bristol that Bristol Rovers game could be in danger I think because if, if, if Burgess 
injured, they can't they can't play that game because no. we'll all end up with I don't know is it Anthony Patterson I think the keeper. And, I mean, I mean I the under twenty threes have won one game in eighteen months or something. So, although if you only get one call up, then we can't cancel it, you know. Well, you'd think Flanagan and McLaughlin will get called yeah. up. Uh, both McLaughlins would get called up. Greg might get called up. He's playing more regularly. Um, so, the, yeah, know, that did surprise me. The fact that Greg didn't even get in. He there. hasn't been in a few. Uh, the squad, mm. so he's never really played for Northern Ireland like as much. as, nah, as he seems to favour. He seems to favour even when he was scoring a lot of goals. He seemed to favour McGuinness, wasn't it? From uh, mm. and Lafferty, Lafferty yeah. obviously, um, and uh, um, uh, Boyce, the lad from. Burton seems to be getting a few games there as well. He seems th- those three both seem to be ahead in the pecking order, um, mm. for whatever reason that may be. Maybe just you know, maybe just want the way he wants to play probably doesn't. Yeah, one big man up front, isn't it? Like yeah. the way he was, and he was playing five yeah. at the back, wasn't he, when they were qualifying for tournaments? But it is, you know, it's a, it's good to be in all the competitions, and it's good to, you know, it's, it is enjoyable having a lot of games, but it just gets it gets a bit fatiguing mentally doesn't it they, you know they, they don't want to lose a game tomorrow night because you know the, yeah then he's like lost people, three out of his and, first and, four, and yeah. also it's against a team in our division um, and it's a good opportunity to progress as well obviously yeah, you but know. they're in good form Oxford like, I think mm. I was looking at I think in, in the football league at the weekend I think they had the most shots in the box on any team, I think they had 22 shots in the box at the weekend, which, you know, and they'd scored a lot of goals recently. So, for I mean, a defense, for, if a defense like ours, have been pretty shaky. Mm. First game of the season, the, like although we played poorly, they yeah. they did actually look yeah. sort of solid and functional, yeah. didn't they? And they scored through a daft mistake as well, which is frustrating. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a a tough game, um, and you know, if we get through. Hopefully, you know, it'd be nice to get a home tie against a, a Premier League team or something, maybe. That or Crawley. <laughs> and then we'll get the semi-final, hopefully. And then, you know. And we'll get beat by Millwall. Yeah, well, they're, they're out, fortunately. <laughs> we'll probably get beat by Crawley in the... Uh, well, you don't get into Europe, do you, for finishing, the, in, in, uh, finishing runners-up in the League Cup. So, you know, that's all right. But, but yeah, so thanks very much to, um, to Ray for joining us. Um, and... You know, I'm sure a lot of people get themselves a copy of uh, Five Go Mad in Budapest for themselves or for their family for Christmas. £10 from um, the ALS shop online and at Warston's. Just just to say that uh, all the... uh all the money from the books is going to Impact Northeast, okay. which is uh, a charity which deals with children and families with mental health issues. So Great. it's not just the fact that you're actually, obviously, getting a Sunderland book. You're actually helping other people by contributing to the charity. Great. Excellent. So even greater cause to buy it. Indeed. And uh, one more thing from us as well. Should have mentioned that. For- forgot about it. We're doing a, a live show. First one in Sunderland for ages, actually. Mm, yeah, um, for like a, a for year over, or so. It's probably over a year, yeah. Um, we're doing it at Fausto Coffee this time. They do sell beer, not just coffee, so don't worry about that. That was part of the deal. Um, yeah, and it's to celebrate. It could be on the night, depending on how it pans out, or it might be a little bit afterwards, but the 500th episode of the Wise Men Say podcast. We've been doing this for nearly seven years now. Um, 
So yeah, 500 episodes. I thought, why not? Let's let's have a show and celebrate the fact that we've we've got that far and we've seen a lot as we all we've all seen a lot together in 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 five mm. in you know in 500 episodes. Probably seen um, too much. Yeah, definitely seen too much of League One. Um, so sleeves, Stephen Elliott will be joining us, um, and it's a five five pounds for a ticket. Um, the tickets go on sale Tuesday the 29th or tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. So if you listen to this on your way to work. Get yourself at your desk, get settled in with a drink, and buy yourself a ticket for a fiver. Um, you can get the tickets if you go to wisemensay.co.uk and follow the the link we usually use where you got tickets, which is what we're using again if you're familiar with buying them from there. So if you go on to wisemensay.co.uk, um, you'll find the ticket and link on there. So it's a fiver, and it's on Friday the 6th of December. So it's a Friday night one. Usually we do them sort of a Monday or midweek, so, you know, or better off that night. I mean, what could happen after that? I don't know. So there'll could be sleep lots of for drink. Away. Yeah, drink <laughs> will be ta- drink will be taken. I would have thought. So yeah, Friday the sixth of December. Wise men say five hundredth probably episode live at Fausto Coffee with Stephen Elliott. Five pound a ticket. Get yourself on wisemensay.co.uk tomorrow. So tomorrow morning. It's probably only about fifty tickets. So you need to move fast if you want to get involved. But. I think the lads will be back on Thursday um, with Frankie uh, to preview the Southend game um, on Saturday. We'll be in the fan zone as well, obviously, on, on Saturday as well. So we'll come and say hello. And yeah, we'll mean Stephen should be back on Monday if he hasn't got something else better to do, which He's he always seems to these another, days. Another Every time Martin's on, I feel like Stephen isn't. <laughs> so I don't, there's something, he, only, something he did only ring us yesterday. Um, he only rang us yesterday and said, oh, I can't do it now, I forgot. Mm. But I know he, he is legit, he's be in Scotland, hopefully listening now. So thanks for joining us again. Um, get Buy the book, buy a ticket, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.